Thanks for tuning in to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Lily Griesheimer, the women's pastor here at Rolling Hills Community Church. We're so glad that you've joined us today as we continue with our series, Finish Strong. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jeff. He'll be teaching from Joshua 3, walking us through the story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. Now here's Jeff. Good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to everybody in Franklin. Welcome to everybody joining online, whatever city you're in or country around the world. I believe God has a word for us today. I believe it's not an accident that any of us are here, that God brought us here to hear from Him and for us to respond back to Him and worship and giving the best for our lives, for His glory. And I am so glad and so thankful that you are here and joining in. Uh, last week, we began a brand new series. And it's a series called Finish Strong, And I'm excited about this series because in this series, we're walking with the children of Israel as, they, as they've come out of Egypt, right? And now you may remember this story that they were slaves in Egypt. And, and Egypt was the most powerful nation of all time at that time in history, right? And so, I mean, the Egyptian army and these people are slaves. And, and yet God delivered his people. And God sent Moses in there and Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go. You remember this whole thing, right? And Pharaoh's like, no way. Our whole economy will tank because these are slaves and they're building all our pyramids and everything else. And, and Moses goes, but he's God and you're not. And so God had to teach him a little lesson and 10 plagues happened. And finally, Pharaoh figured out he's God, I'm not. And so he says, you can go. And all these slaves come walking out, God's people walking out of Egypt. And they plunder the Egyptians. The Egyptians are like, here, take food, take clothing, take gold, get out of here. You know, you guys, your God is much bigger than ours. And so here they go across and they come to the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is massive and Pharaoh changes his mind and says, what did I just do? My whole economy is going to tank. Go after them. And God parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground, right? And here comes Pharaoh and his army and they get halfway through and the waters collapse over them and they're out of the picture. And now you've got a million people in the wilderness, the Judean wilderness, right? I mean, they are in the desert. And what grows in the desert? Nothing, nothing grows in the desert. And so God says, don't worry, I'll sustain you. Now feeding a million people in the desert is miraculous enough. And so God rains down bread from heaven called manna. God gives them quail. These birds just like fly into camp, right? God gives them water from a rock. He takes care of his people but he says, I didn't create you and call you out of Egypt to stay in the wilderness. I'm leading you to the promised land. And so they come on, they're going across and now they come to the Jordan River and they're looking over into this land, this land that God had given to their forefathers, Abraham, right? You remember Abraham left the earth of the Chaldeans and came down to this beautiful land, this land of Canaan. And then Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then the people left and went to Egypt for 400 years. Now they're coming back to this land flowing with milk and honey, this land that is beautiful. And they get up to the Jordan River and they're getting ready to go across. And Moses says, wait a minute, a lot's probably happened in that land in 400 years. Let's send some spies over to check it out and see what's going on. And so these 12 spies go in the land and they come back and 10 of the spies go, no way. A lot has happened in 400 years, right? There are giants in the land now. I mean, there are like big people over there and they've got all these cities and they're fortified. We can't do it. But two spies come back, Joshua and Caleb. And they go, guys, remember what God did? God brought us out of Egypt. God sustained us in the wilderness. We can do this. 
Let's go. Let's finish strong. Let's finish what God has started. Let's go. And the people said, no way. We can't do it. The people chose fear. The people chose to stay in the desert, to stay in the wilderness instead of trusting God and moving into the life that God had for them. And so God said, well, okay, you wanna live by fear? Hey, we're gonna take 40 years and you live out here in the wilderness until this entire unbelieving generation dies off. And I'm gonna raise up a new generation that'll trust me. I'm gonna raise up your kids, your grandkids, and they're gonna trust me. And so here we are now, back 40 years later at this exact point. Kelly Minter did a great job last week talking about this Joshua chapter one. And God speaks to Joshua and he says, Moses, my servant is dead. That sent chills through everybody, right? Because Moses was the big leader. And I mean, they're, they're like, what? Yeah, Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, now you lead the people. Let's go. Let's go forward. And so what are they gonna do? What are these kids, these grandkids, what are, what are they gonna do? What's this next generation gonna do? Are they gonna live in fear or are they gonna live in faith? And what about you and me? What will we do? Are we gonna live our lives in fear or are we gonna live our lives in faith? You see, God has brought us out of the land of slavery, right? We were slaves to sin. God delivered us through his son, Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. But God didn't deliver us just to stay in the wilderness. God delivered us for a full life for a life with him, for a life eternal. And God is saying, you go forward. Don't get stuck. Don't stay here. You move forward in faith. You finish strong every day of your life, every breath in your lungs for my glory. What will we do? Well, let's find out today. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you open with me to Joshua chapter three. Joshua chapter three, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. This is so good. So if you're here in Franklin, grab a Bible. If you need a Bible, there's some in the back. If you're watching online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and pull up our new version. The scripture's there. But I want you to see this today. Joshua, Old Testament, right? So you got the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And then after that, you got Joshua. And so we were in Joshua 1 last week. And then I want you to see Joshua 3 today. Let's pick up here in verse 1. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. All right, let me stop right there. The Ark of the Covenant. When they were in the desert, in the wilderness, God told Moses, hey, build a mobile worship center, right? Like build a church right there in the middle, right? You know? And we're gonna put it in the center of camp. And then when you guys move and you move to a different place and I provide for you, I tell you where to go. And he was leading them, you know, you got this pillar of fire, you got this cloud. God was leading them around, providing water and food and all these things. And he says, when you move, you just break down the tabernacle and then you take it, you set it back up in the center of camp. Well, the tabernacle, I mean, it had these sheets and it had this outside area where you could come and worship and people came and offered sacrifices. Then you had this holy place where only the priests would go. But then you had the inner sanctum, which was the holy of holies. And in the holy of holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant, right? Maybe you've seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, so you know, right? The Ark of the Covenant is this box that God said to build put the 10 commandments in it, 
On top, you've got gold on top, and you have these two cherubim, these two angels, that their wings came together, and that was the holy seat of God, the mercy seat of God right there. And this was the holy place. Nobody went into the holy of holies except one time a year. One time a year, the high priest would come in to the holy of holies to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Because the people are sinful, holy God, sinful man, right? This is before Jesus, right, dying for our sins. So you've got this separation. But one time a year, the high priest would come in and he would offer sacrifices for the people's sin, atonement, Yom Kippur, this atonement for the people right there. And so there's the holy of holies. Now they would also tie a rope around the high priest's ankle because if he did it wrong and he touched it or something and he died, nobody could go in and get him. They would have to pull him out, right? So this is like holy, holy, holy. This is the Lord God Almighty. And so God is speaking to them and saying, hey, when you get them ready, I'm gonna lead the way. And they take the Ark of the Covenant out of the Holy of Holies and the priests are to walk in front of you with the Ark of the Covenant. Now that would send chills down all the people. They're like, what? We never even seen this thing, right? Now they're gonna cover it up with sheets and skins and those things, but, but they knew God's on the move and we're gonna follow him, right? And so here we go. It says, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I love that. Don't you know that God goes ahead of us in our lives? You know, that's the great part. Our call is simply to follow God. We don't know what 2021 holds. God does. You know, I'm gonna follow him. I don't know what 2025 holds. I don't know what 2030 holds. I'm just gonna trust in the Lord and I'm going to follow him. What an incredible principle for us. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Holy God, sinful man, don't go near it, right? He is God, you are not. But then look at verse five. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Wow. If you underline your Bible, underline that because that is so strong. Consecrate yourselves. Get ready, Joshua said, because tomorrow God's gonna do something amazing. Yeah, your parents, your grandparents, they got to this exact point, they turned back. We're not turning back. We're not turning back. We're going forward. And God's gonna do something amazing. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Okay, I gotta stop right there just for a second. Think about this, guys. There comes different points in our lives where something happens and all of a sudden we have stepped into a new position. For Joshua, when Moses died, you can imagine he is scared to death, right? I mean, he's looked up to Moses. He's been Moses' apprentice and now he's the one to lead the people. And there comes different points in our lives. Maybe you remember going from you know, elementary to middle school. It was like, that was pretty scary, right? Or middle school to high school or college and, and the people you looked up to and now you're like, oh man, like I'm the big person on campus now. I, I'm here, right? In your job, sometimes you get a promotion and you're thinking, how am I gonna do this? I, I'm like, I'm in charge now. This is crazy. I got people reporting to me. What, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Maybe in your life, you know, comes a point and you have a grandparent who's kind of been the saint of your family, passes on and you're thinking, wow. Or you have a parent 
passes on and now you're the spiritual leader. Like you're the spiritual leader of your family and you're going, oh God, I don't know if I can handle this, right? I mean, I, I'm responsible now. I, how am I gonna do this? And you just hear God say to you, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I'm with you. Step into it. Be bold, be strong. You lead well. This is your time. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So Joshua, Joshua said to all the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. I mean, this is powerful, you guys. Moses couldn't lead the people in, but now Joshua will. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. I notice that living God. He's not dead, he is alive. He is moving, he is working. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. The living God is among you and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezzarites, the Gurkhashites, the Amorites and the Jebusites. All these people who've moved in the land, all these people who've taken possession of it, you know, they're squatting in there. Hey, he's gonna move them out. He's gonna go before you. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carried the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carried the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Guys, I want you to picture this scene, man. I mean, these, these were kids when they were there 40 years earlier, right? And now they've grown up and now they have kids of their own and, and there's a whole different generation. But some of them remember being there. Some of them remember when they turned back and went back in the wilderness and now they're standing there and they're watching as the Ark of the Covenant is coming out and they're saying, we're going forward. We're going, we're trusting now that Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Guys, think about this. These people haven't seen a river flowing like this. They've been in the desert. They've been in the wilderness. And now they're standing there and the Jordan is at flood stage. Today, when you go to Israel and we do a biblical study tour every couple years, at some point, I want you to go. I want everybody to go because it's incredible. But the Jordan River is not as big as it used to be. It's been siphoned off, used for irrigation, you know, but, but it's still a river, right? I mean, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. That's where John the Baptist was baptizing. And it flows out of the mountains and starts at Caesarea Philippi. There's three rivers that come together and they join. You got the Sea of Galilee, which is kind of a wide spot in the Jordan River. And then it flows down all the way to the Dead Sea. But back then, I mean, we're talking big river. We're talking flowing, rushing waters. And they're there, <laughs> And the Jordan's at flood stage. And yet, as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arbaugh, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Yes! <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? 
Those people start walking, right? They're thinking it's going to be muddy and they're going to get stuck. And then it's dry ground. And they walk until the whole nation's on the other side. The whole nation's looking at the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey. They've been living in a desert and now they're seeing fruit trees and they're seeing all the grass. And they're like, what? This is what God has for us. Let's go. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you're here in Franklin, you gotta worship God. Hey, write some things down. If you're online, jump on the Rolling Hills app. You can fill in some blanks. But I believe that God has some powerful words for all of us in our own faith journey. And I want you to see these today. First of all, number one, prepare your heart for God to do something great. Guys, prepare your heart for God to do something great. I love how Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. (laughs) Don't miss that. Consecrate means to dedicate. That's what it means. It means to dedicate, to pray and to prepare your heart. There's certain times in your life, there's certain times in your life that you come to these big moments. There's these big moments, right? You know, you you come to it, you have this new job opportunity and you've been praying about it and all of a sudden it God answers your prayer, you're stepping into it, you know, or you're getting married or you're having a child or you're having a grandchild or, you know, whatever it is, you're going to a new school. There's these moments that are big. And God says, consecrate yourself, prepare yourself, dedicate yourself because I'm gonna do great things. And when you get those times, we say, God, you know, I wanna move all the distractions out and I wanna concentrate on you. I'm your servant. I'm going to go forward in this job. I'm going to go forward in this family. I'm going to go forward in the future with you. Consecrate yourselves. Hey, the Lord will do amazing things. In the Hebrew, this word amazing is translated wondrous. Wondrous. But you know what's also amazing? When you look at that word in Hebrew, but you go to the New Testament in the Greek, you know what's translated? Immeasurably more. (laughs) Hey, the Lord will do immeasurably more in your life. This is what God wants to do. And I think so often we settle for the kind of the ho-hum. We settle for, you know what, okay, you know, I mean, I'm saved. I mean, I gave my life to Christ. He, he redeemed me, restored me, and, and now I'm kind of done, you know, and God, I'll see you in heaven. And God's going, no, 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 no. I didn't bring you out of being a slave to sin to leave you in the wilderness. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I want you to experience peace and joy and purpose and hope in this life. That's what I want for you. I want to do amazing things in your life. I want you to do things that you haven't even dreamed or imagined. I want to do that in you. So get ready. Prepare your heart. See, regardless of your past or what your parents have done, what will you do? Regardless of your past, Maybe in the past, you've kind of been like, yeah, faith, you know, it's kind of all right, you know, and you kind of get up to the edge when you have to make a decision and step out and you turn back around. I'm gonna settle for this life. I'm gonna settle for the things of this world. I'm gonna do what I've always done before and I'm gonna stay here. Or or maybe you had parents and they were good people or great people, but but they weren't really serious about their faith. You you go to church every now and then, but you know, it's Christmas, Easter, it's like, okay, but it wasn't really like a big part of your family. It wasn't times of prayer, like, hey, we're gonna pray about this decision or, hey, I wanna encourage you in this. I wanted to dive into God's word. Hey, regardless of what your past or your parents have done, what will you do? 
What about you? This is your time. Are you ready to step up and step out for God? Are you ready to go, God, here I am, you know? Warts and all, mistakes and all, but God, I'm yours. And I wanna prepare my heart for God, you to do something great. I, I wanna encourage us and challenge us because I believe God's gonna do some great things. I, I believe that God's not finished with any of us in this room. I believe that our best days are still ahead. I believe that our best days as a church are still ahead. I believe with all my heart. You know, and so I'm gonna call us as a church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. Starting next Sunday, October 25th through November 15th for 21 days, let's just pray. God, you do something amazing. God, use us for your glory. God, I wanna be a person after your heart. For 21 days, let's pray, let's, let's fast. Let's say, hey, I'm gonna take some time during the week and, and withhold something in my life so that I can focus on the Lord because I wanna be all that God wants me to be. I wanna reach my full potential in Him. You know, during that time, we're gonna have an election in our country, right? And so I want us to be praying over that election. I want us to be praying of our leaders. I wanna be praying in that time of 21 days, big things. And God use us as your church to be people of faith. Are you ready to step up and step out for God? Ephesians, New Testament, Ephesians chapter three, this is kind of the theme verse for us here at Rolling Hills. Now to him who is able, think about that, God's able. Whatever you're facing in your life today, whatever challenges, whatever struggles, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. See, if you're a Christ follower, God's power is at work within you. The same power that stopped up rivers, the same power that resurrected Jesus is the same power in you. And if we would just be bold and live it, that power at work within us, to him be glory in the church. He's passionate about his church, right? God's people back then, Old Testament, right? Here you go. Hey, we are God's people today. The church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Prepare your hearts, church. God wants to do amazing things in your life. Look at this one. Decide between a life of fear or faith. Guys, you've got to decide, I've got to decide between a life of fear or a life of faith. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Guys, we come up to a river and we look at that and we go, okay, we can figure out a way across it. But these people were slaves, remember? They've been in the desert 40 years. None of them know how to swim. Right, they didn't have swimming lessons. They have the YMCA over there teaching their little swimming lessons with their floaties and stuff like that. They didn't have that, right? They're in a desert. So they're looking at this raging river going, what do we do? We've never built a boat. We don't have rafts. We don't know. We're stuck. That's why their parents and others turned back because they couldn't figure out how they were gonna get across it. But God said, trust me. See, God invites us. God invites you to a life of faith. And it really is faith. It is faith. We want to get all of our questions answered and then we'll say, God will follow. Right? Well, you answer all the questions, God. Here's all the questions. Here's all I struggle with. And then, you know, I'll follow you. I'll be obedient to you. I'll step out. And I'll do what you've called me to do. And God's going, hold on, hold on. I've called you to faith. I've called you to trust me. Like if you understand everything, then he's not God anymore, right? He's God. You're not. I'm not. My faith and my trust is in him. And God invites you to a life 
of faith. The previous generation chose fear. The previous generation chose to, hey, we're gonna stay in the wilderness. I don't know about this manna thing, but it's kind of getting a little old after 40 years, but you know what, it's okay. I mean, I, you know, I gotta handle it, you know, and this quail is water. Uh, but we don't wanna cross there. We know God's provided for that. We know God has these things, but we're gonna choose fear. It's easier to settle in the wilderness because it's known. <laughs> but God calls you to more. See, there's times in our lives that we just go, you know what, I'm gonna stay right here. I'm gonna be afraid to step out. I'm gonna be afraid to join in. I'm gonna be afraid to go forward because this is known. And I know in my heart of hearts, I know the Holy Spirit is nudging me. I know the Holy Spirit is calling me. I can sense it, but, but this is safe. This is safe. Hey, if you're to reach your full potential in Christ, you must live by faith. It's a journey of faith. And it's for the rest of your lives, right? It took a step of faith for all of us when we responded to the grace of God. We didn't understand how salvation worked. We just knew, I need help, I need hope. I am my own sins and I have this guilt and this shame. And Jesus, you've redeemed me, restored me. And there came a point for all of us where we get on our knees and we say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. We didn't understand how it worked, but we just trusted and God did immeasurably more in our lives. Salvation came, but God's not finished. And it means a journey of faith. It means trusting him, it means learning to listen to his spirit. And when the Holy Spirit prompts us to engage, will we do that? Will we follow? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, insurance about what we do not see. I love this, faith is confidence. And my confidence isn't in the results, my confidence is in God. God, you are with me. God, you are for me. God, you've never abandoned me, and God, you never will. Hebrews 11 is the faith hall of fame. All these people who walk by faith, you can go read it sometime, it's incredible. And that's the journey God calls us to. Follow me, trust me. See, you must step into the water to see the miracle. I hope y'all noticed that because that was pretty powerful right there. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing, right? I mean, it wasn't like the water stopped and the priest get up there and just kind of walk in. It was like, no, the water is still flowing. Step in, step in. God wants you to trust him and then he'll do the miracle. God wants you to trust him and then he'll do the miracle. For the priest, this was bold. Okay, because remember, they've got the Ark of the Covenant that they're carrying, they carried it on these long poles. And, and remember, if you touch the Ark, you die, right? Okay, so now God's going, step into the rushing water. Can you stop it? Stop it first? No, step in. And when you step in, don't worry, it's gonna stop. No, you sure? Yep, okay, here we go. You know, and that moment of like, am I gonna trust? Am I gonna be obedient? Because if I stumble and I fall and I hit the ark, I'm dead. But God, I'm trusting you. God wants you to trust him. Then the miracle comes. Then the miracle comes. See, here's how it works, right? God prompts you to have a spiritual conversation with your, with your child or your roommate or a friend, and you know, 
I just need to talk to them. I need to talk to them about the Lord. Or I need to talk to them about something that's going on in their life. And, and you have these sleepless nights and you're getting right up to the edge of the water. And you're praying and you're like, God, just change their heart. Change their heart, God. And God's going, no, you initiate the conversation and then I'll change their heart. No, 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 no. God, you change their heart. I I don't want to have this conversation. And God's going, trust me. Okay. And so at some point, we get the courage up. At some point, we go, I'm either going to step in and I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to encourage them. Or I'm going to just walk around over here and avoid the issue and just kind of live back where it's comfortable and where it's known and where it's safe. It happens all the time. And God's going, I have called you for more. Trust me, be bold, be obedient. You step in and then the miracle will come. I'm gonna change hearts, I'm gonna change lives, but I'm calling you to step. Hey, the priest had to step into the water and so do we. So do we. You know what, you step into those new opportunities, you step in those new jobs, you step in those new schools, you step in those new opportunities and you just say, God, use me. Here we go. What next step spiritually is God calling you to take? And maybe for you, right? Maybe for you, it's it's baptism. (laughs) Maybe for you, it's following Jesus. Maybe for you, it's joining the church. Maybe maybe for you, right, it's I'm gonna serve. I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna worship one, serve one. I wanna give back. I wanna serve. Maybe for you, it's missions. Maybe for you, it's giving. Maybe for you, it's a spiritual conversation. Maybe for you, it's praying with your spouse or, or praying with your roommates. and Maybe it's being a part of a men's study or women's study. And you get right up the edge and then you just kind of go, oh, no, 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 no. I'm gonna go back over here. And all the while, God's going, you don't even know what kind of relationships I have for you. You don't even know how deep I'm gonna grow you. You don't even know how strong you're gonna become See, faith is a muscle. When you exercise it, you get stronger and you get to those points and you go, I, I don't understand this. I don't know how it's gonna work, but God, I'm stepping in. And the miracle comes. Trust him. First Peter, New Testament, right? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Guys, this is us, right? This is us. The people had their time, this is our time. You're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. When you step out, it matters. Your obedience impacts more than just you. Your obedience impacts more than just you. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. (laughs) Love this. Faith is not just about you. Your obedience or your disobedience, it impacts others. I mean, really, it does. And you stepping out or, or walking away, it impacts more than you. You saying, hey, I'm gonna be a part. I'm gonna lock arms with other believers. I'm gonna grow deeper in my faith. Impacts so many other people. It's not just about you. Your life has been impacted by the faith of others. Right, I mean, you think about it. Somebody told you about Jesus. There was a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle. There was somebody at church, a Sunday school teacher. 
Somebody stepped in the water and said, hey, I wanna tell you about the most important person in the world. I wanna tell you about the one who will change your life. And aren't you thankful? Praise God that they had the courage to step in. Your life has been impacted by the faith of others. Somebody taught you when you were a child and they, they taught you the books of the Bible and you still remember they taught you Bible verses that come up in your mind and your heart. They taught you. Your life has been impacted by the faith of others. And now it's your time and it's our time to step out of faith and to impact others for God. That's powerful. Guys, I want you to think about this for a moment. Those priests who are coming up to this water, who have this fear, and they step in. And they don't know if it's rocky, they don't know if it's muddy, but all of a sudden the water stops flowing and they take another step and they take another step and they stand in the middle of the river on dry ground. And you know what they do right then? is they're holding the Ark of the Covenant and they start looking and they start watching as their kids come by. And they start watching as their aunts and their uncles come by and they start seeing their parents come by and they start seeing neighbors and friends and people they've been in school with come by. They start seeing all the nation walk by. And I bet tears are flowing down their face because these people are walking by on dry ground because these people took a step of faith. And there are others that are being impacted for the glory of God. And now it's your turn. And now it's my turn. You know, 17 years ago, God called Lisa and I to step out, you know, plant a church. We were scared to death, I tell you, you know. But my wife had more faith than I did. She's like, if God's calling us, let's go. I didn't know what God was gonna do, but I'm so thankful. Two years ago, God called all of us as a church, you know, step out for the kingdom, pray, give over and above your tithe, because I wanna do something great in the lives of your kids and, and your friends' kids. I wanna raise up the next generation in Christ. I wanna do something great in Nolensville and Nashville and online. I wanna do something great with the orphan children in Moldova. And all of us came together and we stepped out. And God has done miracles, guys. It's been amazing. And God says to us, I'm not finished. You keep going forward. You finished strong. Remember what he said to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Guys, wherever you go, God's with you. And God is for you. Maybe today, maybe today you've, you've been at this place before. Maybe today God's prompted your heart before and and you know, man, I was called to accept Christ, but every time you, you kind of back away from the river and you walk back in the wilderness. Or God's called you to be baptized and you get right off the edge. You're like, yeah, this is it. I'm gonna do it. And you, and you turn around. Or God's calling you to join the church and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna settle over here. Or God's calling you to serve or give or whatever. You, you just get back and you pull back. Hey, make it today that you say, I'm stop living by fear. Today I'm living by faith. 
God, whenever you prompt my heart, God, I want to go forward. When you tell me to pray for somebody, when you tell me to encourage somebody, when you tell me to send an email to somebody, when you tell me to post about something, God, I want to go forward in you. I want my life to be completely sold out for the glory of God. Maybe you're here today and you're facing a rushing river. Maybe you're looking at, you know, just relationally, there's some things that are challenges, maybe financially, maybe emotionally, and you're standing at the edge. And God's saying, trust me, I'm gonna take care of you. I will be with you wherever you go. Will you trust him today? I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. This is between you and the Lord. See, God's not finished with any of us. Every one of us in this room can take a next step. Every one of us in this room can go forward. So what's God saying to you? Maybe God's calling you to put him first in your life. I mean, you've been living for the things of this world. They've got a hold on you. You know it. But God's saying, no, 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 no. Trust me. Follow me. Be sold out for me. Maybe God's calling you to be baptized. Maybe God's calling you to commit your life to him. Maybe God's calling you to serve or give, whatever it is. But you just say, God, I'm yours, wholly and completely. Maybe today there's a struggle and you don't see a way out. But to him who is able, God, today I trust you. I trust you with my worries, with my fears. I trust you, God, with my life. And Father God, I pray, I I wanna be obedient to you. I want all of us, God, to be obedient to you because our faith impacts others. God, I wanna live a life of faith that that my children or my grandchildren see. I want other people to see, my roommates, my, my friends, my coworkers. God, I want them to see that I'm a man or a woman after your heart. So today, God, we consecrate ourselves because we know you're gonna do amazing things in our lives. We might not understand how it's going to happen, but God, we trust you. And we put our faith and our trust in you right here, right now. Amen. Hey, after this service, I'll be here. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you, whatever's going on in your life. If you're online, you can go into the chat room. There's people who pray with you there. God is at work, you guys. And God loves you. God loves you. I want to invite our ushers to come forward at this time. It's a chance for us to give back. A chance for us to invest in God's kingdom and for God's glory. If you're a first-time guest, all we ask is you would give us your communication card. We could follow up with you. If you have a prayer request, you can drop it in the basket or you can go and give it to us online at rollinghills.church. But let me say a short prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you are the way maker. God, you are the miracle worker. Thank you that you are with us and you are for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who made a way for us to have eternity with you. So let us be people who are bold. Let us be people who are confident. Let us be people who trust that you are sovereign and you're in control. And we dedicate our lives to you. In your name we pray, we give. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. Thanks for listening. We're thankful for you.